1: Glenn Quartermain, the leading and senior football writer and sports writer for the West Australian, joins us on the program. Glenn, thanks for your time. My pleasure, Pete. The ever-evolving AFL landscape. You wrote something in the West today. Very interesting. And as of next year, 2025, the landscape could evolve even more. Tell us more.
0: Well, I would consider it a lock for next year. It was actually a possibility to get up this year, but too much fine detail to work through, but you can you can mark it in that there will be an AFL trade period uh, in 2025, um, uh, around about June July, which is going to change uh, the narrative of a season, I believe, um, and will just change the way uh, list managers operate. And uh, having said that, I think I'm not expecting. You know, twenty, thirty trades to be done mid-season. I think it'll be lower, much, much lower than that. But it is going to create a very interesting environment in which you know. Um, and we're not talking about you know AFL mid-season drafts where rookies can go onto this. We're talking about uh, established players, often stars. You know, some coming to the end of their careers, um, who can change clubs mid-season, uh, perhaps going to a club in the in the top four, uh, angling for a premiership. Or they can be players who are struggling to... You know, there might be five of their type at a club and they're struggling to get a season game and all of a sudden they find themselves at a club where they're valued. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it works. Of course, within that, there's going to have to be a lot of fine detail none out. For example, you know, the already compromised fixture, how is that affected in the second half of the season? If a if a top four team is suddenly bolstered, what does that mean to the other three teams? And, and moreover, you know, what happens to the fixturing, you know, what... And of course, um players it comes at the lower end of the ladder. So generally speaking, uh, you know, gun players don't don't get traded to uh lower end clubs, do they? They get they get traded to teams at the top end of that ladder uh, in the premises window. So what does that all mean? How do they work through it? What do they do with salary caps? If it pushes a club over a salary cap cap for that particular season, does that then Is there some sort of um, uh, room for them to move and is that carried over into the total player payments for the next year or the year after? How does that work? So much to work through. But I can tell you, in principle, clubs on balance support this move. Certainly player managers are all over. it; They love this idea. Anything that equates to more player movement. And players, obviously, the AFL Players Association is keen on the idea. And dare I say, Pete, you and I
1: in the media... It makes for great, uh, great news stories for us. <laughs> it very much does. Uh, you're just crackling a bit, but we'll persevere with it with your headphones, uh, Glenn, and we got the gist of what you had to say. Saying that, the days of the one club player are very much gone now, you'd think, with this latest move that will come into place next year.
0: Yeah, look, there'll be one or two who will seep through. But, look, I think traditionalists will balk at this and say we don't like it, you know. But, I mean, those days really died... In 1987, you know, when the Eagles joined the competition, and I don't mean it as a death its as in a bad thing. I think it was great for the competition. It had to evolve. And in 1990, when it went to the AFL, it hasn't really been the same competition. So I think change is good. Uh, Not all change is good, but I think this is inevitable. It's been coming for a couple of years now, and it is going to happen. Um, Yes, there will be very rare. I think one player will become much more of a rare beast. Uh I think they're rarer now than they were twenty years ago, that's for sure. And so some of the romance I guess uh will be diluted from the AFL. But on the other hand, how exciting if you're a mid mid table player, you're you're a supporter of a mid table club and um you know you you might for example trade out a thirty two year old who near in the end of the career, but he's going to help a club in the premiership window and you might get a first rounder. So it sort of builds a bit of excitement in that regard, I think, and it helps clubs. I think it can be a win-win for clubs. I mean, they will have to address, you know, whether it makes it an even more top-heavy competition in terms of the rich getting richer. They'll have to address that somehow. But I think it can be a win-win for clubs if they're well-managed, and that's the key, if they're well-managed. And if they're not, then bad luck.
1: It could be interesting also from a local perspective. Imagine playing for the Eagles one week and the Dockers the following week uh, if this comes into play, as you've predicted, in 2025. Because oh, well, I mean, that, that, that is a real possibility. Of course. So just imagine, and I'm only using
0: this as an example, so please, Eagles, supporters, don't ring up and bash me. But just say, for example, Fremantle needs another key forward second half of the season. They're angling for, for, for uh, finals. And Jack Darling. 32-33 becomes available, all of a sudden, I mean, he just might to that forward line and get them over the line. So there's just one example of many possibilities that um, will open up when this becomes a reality in 2025.
1: Now, it's amazing, really. It's already, uh, as we mentioned earlier, a very compromised uh, draw, the AFL. Probably the most compromised fixtures in any professional sport around the world is it the right fit? I think they've looked into the American basket again and pulled this out. Now, you're in favourite, and there's a lot of pros and cons with it, but I think deep down inside, does the player need to give the permission to maybe move on for a better opportunity, and could some players be blindsided by this? Well, some might sign a wave there, right? Some might. I think what could possibly
0: happen is that it will be inbuilt into player contracts. So you, there might be a 10% loading, for example, uh, I might be presented with a $600,000 contract if I sign away my rights. So I can say, yes, if you want to trade me mid-season, I'm open to it. Or if, if I d- don't agree with that, perhaps my contract is $500,000. There might be, a, for example, a 10% loading on there. I mean, I'm only throwing that into the air. But these are the possibilities. I think that will definitely um, come into play. So as you can see, there's, there's many complexities to this that they'll have to work through, which is why... It didn't get up this year too soon, but it's definitely getting up next year, I can tell you that.
1: And also, it will release if there is pressure on clubs with salary caps. That also could be the release valve for clubs mid-season as they prepare for the draft later in the year.
0: No question. We're seeing salary cap dumping already. It's been going on for a couple of years now. Um, so I guess this will formalise it in a way, really. Um, it's been I haven't really enjoyed, liked it much, I've got to be honest, Pete, so far, but I think as we evolve and we formalise these situations, it will probably be more palatable. Um, you mentioned before the fixturing and how it is compromised. I mean, it must be the most difficult fixture in the world to um, adjudicate. I really feel sorry for the fixture boss. Yeah, Travis Old had it in the past and he's moved on now. Um, I think we're moving closer and closer. And, again, people will whack me for the Americanisation of the competition, but, hey, (laughs) salary cap draft. I mean, where do we go going there if we're not there already? I still believe that there'll be a 20th team introduced down the track um, and that they'll have a real good look at two conferences um, um, and a final series at the end of that, a couple of final series, like a playoff even, uh, which could even be played over a series of... Uh, three to five games, um, which again, Peter, would uh, alleviate, uh, would address, I should say, the argument of the game being played at the MCG. You'd be able to get the opportunities to play elsewhere. That is another argument altogether,
1: but this is where we're moving and we're moving pretty fast. Yeah, and I think uh, it'll happen. I I agree with you. The conference situation will happen because I think the NRL will get to 20 teams because the TV rights deal is just around the corner for them. They'll get to the yep. 20 teams before the AFL. And as we know, I think the AFL will not want to give the NRL maybe an advantage in relation to that sort of uh, fixturing and appeal. So I think both yeah, of our football, the question, I think both of our the football codes will get, go that way. Next, who gets the next licence? Is it PNG or Perth? I think PNG will get uh, 18 and I think uh, they'll get to 20 and Perth will get either 19 or 20. That's the way I'm seeing uh, it and what unfortunately, I'm hearing. Un- unfortunately, I don't think you can call it
0: a national competition when you don't have Perth and you have a team from PNG and a team from New Zealand. However, uh, I think you're right. I think there's security... Um, issues there in terms of what Anthony Albanese wants to wants to do with PNG and um, he wants to pump a lot of money into a team there so it's pretty hard for the NRL to knock that back but that's another argument.
1: finally quarters 19th and 20th team as we're sort of speculating about what could come around the corner where would the AFL position team 19 and 20 in your eyes Wow well, um, I think um, I think you've got to look at the Northern Territory. Now there are
0: issues there in terms of um, seasons and you know conditions, and we've seen games played in the up north where the ball. I mean, players complain about the ball drop uh, with the uh, very greasy conditions. But I think, um, provided you get a big corporate backer, maybe a mining company, mm. um, that's that's the difficulty there. They've done case studies and it hasn't worked out so far up in uh, the Northern Territory. But I think it it seems pretty logical. As opposed to, I mean, there's always the argument of a third team in WA, perhaps based in the Northern Corridor, uh, where you could look at that jungle-up area. I'm not sure. Um, I've written about this in the past. There are great arguments for and against. Um, There's a case to mount, put it that way. There's a case to mount in South Australia similarly. Uh obviously the Victoria is out of the equation, already got ten teams and I think New South Wales and um Queensland uh right as they are. Yeah. Um Tasmania's coming in of course. So I, I would think N T for me and then um it makes the most sense. I think they deserve a team. And look at the riches that have sprung from the Northern Territory into that into have flowed into the AFL. It's been a great watch, hasn't
1: it? Yep, Tasmania and the Northern Territory really completes the Australian landscape. Thanks for joining us, Quarters. Always lovely to have a chat to you. And well-written this morning. It was a very, very interesting reading in the West Australian about what's going to happen in the AFL in 2025. Thanks for your time. Uh, my pleasure, Pete. Good on you. Glenn Quartermain from the West Australian. Your thoughts on that? Apologies for the lines, Just a bit of crackling on that. But we got the gist of... What quarters had to say, uh, you can join us on the text machine, 0487 736 736. Uh, that is the text line. like to get your feedback on what we discussed regarding the mid-season uh, AFL draft that will come into vogue, according to quarters, almost certainly in twenty. 20- 25. We'll take a break, come back with more in a moment. We're here for Tool Mart, the Complete Tool Centre, serving WA for over 45 years ahead of what's going to be a scorcher of a week. Uh, They're forecasting the next seven days with maximum over 36 degrees and half of those in the 40s as well. So wherever you are listening around this great state of ours, uh, try and stay cool. It's going to be a heck of a heatwave. It's 17 past five here on SEN.